Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy Amidst excellence and hysterical laughter, I have Joe Muirhead as our conversational guest today. Hello, Joe. Hello, Kathy. So great to join you and I'm... the rest of your community today. Oh, I know. And we've just done the whole mime of cunny, you cunny, you, you think we'd know by now. And it's like, hello, you're mute. You know, it's like this new term of endearment. <laughs> Yes, I just, I, I still get excited when I can make my screen show the PowerPoint that I'm trying to, I'm like, what can everybody see? <laughs> you would think that I've nailed that by now, but no, I still haven't. I did a, <laughs> yeah, look, I've been presenting on Zoom for five or six years or so now, I don't know, um, that makes me feel old. And COVID is like dog years, so that's probably yes. 30. <laughs> um and I, I did a training out to all of our members last week and really it was a podcast for the first 11 slides. <laughs> Forgot to share. Someone says, are we, are we meant to be able to see your slides? I go, yeah, yeah, that would be good. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. That's good. That's good. Go ahead. How do you introduce yourself? The director of Purple Co., the founding director, the CEO? Yeah, I, I still say um, I, I have an allied health consulting company called Purple Co. We're a team of allied health professionals that help people reclaim their lives through work. Is Joe reading <laughs> off the screen? You've never no, had like Joe, that that's Joe's just like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, I, I still, I guess, because the last couple of years, my work life has been really shaken up. Um, mm. And I took myself out and I've still taken myself out of clinical work. I, I, I struggle to know what my role is. So I, I basically make the thing work, um, make sure that we've got, I, I market, I manage, I make sure that we're continuing to build really good services for the people that need them. Um, I'm finding the gaps in the market, but I, I'm I'm choosing not to do clinical work because I, I don't think it's safe for me or or for potential clients at the moment. Yeah, we <laughs> might uncover a little bit of yeah. that as well. So Purple Code does a few different things. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Talk us through the few different things and then it will all make so much more sense. Because yep. when we did that podcast last time, we mm -hmm. didn't actually really talk about what you do. Oh, okay. We just grab it cool. on. So we've got to make yeah. sure that everyone knows what you do. Yep. So I, I personally, I'm a rehabilitation counsellor by qualification. So I went to school with occupational therapists and physical therapists or physiotherapists. Sorry, I've been talking to Americans this morning. Physiotherapists, speech mm -hmm. pathologists, and there's this discipline called rehab counselling. And back in the day, it was its own unique discipline. We were allied health professionals. Um, and the way I like to explain that is very simplistically, so all your people can send hate messages to you. When a person has an injury or illness, they go to the hospital and they get treated. Like a surgeon might patch them up or whatever they need inside a hospital. Then a physiotherapist might help them walk out of the hospital and walk into their home and back into their community. And a speech pathologist 
therapist might be helping them with all a range of communication techniques and how they're going to use their brain and re-engage with some of the things that they're doing at home. An occupational therapist is going to help them make their life so much easier with tools and aids and equipment and new ways of doing things and redesigning kitchens and cars and all the awesome stuff that OTs do that I go, wow, I wish I'd studied that instead. And then one day a person goes, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And that's where the discipline of rehab counselling kicks in. So we help people make decisions about study and work and we re-engineer jobs for people. We help them find new jobs. We help them find ways of being able to access different types of study. Uh, we help people set people up with careers. It's it's fun. It's great. Mm. Some of the cool things we've done, a gentleman was a motor accident. Uh, he was a pedestrian. He was studying bio, the, the stuff where they make hips. What's that mm-hmm. called? Biomedicine? Yep, possibly. Um, Orthotics, possibly. Just yeah, very he clever. Was, he, very smart man, had big dreams and goals and aspirations, was hit by a car on a pedestrian crossing, became a high-level quadriplegic as a result many years ago before it was cool. The only thing that he was doing was gaming. Mm. So he said, how can I use my gaming skills and my engineering prowess? Um, so he he became our first drone pilot and got a contracted role within a agency that serves our defense service forces. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of we found another gentleman who had been in, he was an immigrant to Australia, another motor vehicle accident, quite a significant head injury, which can mean very different things. Uh, come out of labouring types of roles because, you know, immigrant Australia needs to earn money. Um, he's now a diamond grader. Ooh. <laughs> so, I thought there was so, chocolate, chocolatier, isn't it? Yeah, that's, it's very cool, very, very cool. So we, have a, we work with a lot of people who um, they, their first response is, don't put me in a call centre. And it's like, cool, because most of your wheelchairs, if you're in one, won't get through the door because you know accessibility is still a thing um but yeah we're my team are we're very creative but we're very um very client centric um we we figure that the people who come to us have had enough health professionals telling Mm. them what they can and can't do usually for a few years so Mm. by the time they get to us we take very seriously our role on well let's teach you how to make decisions for yourself again yeah and choices yeah and choices tell us Tell us a bit about your team. Yep. So I have a rehab counsellor heavy team, um, which is great. I was one of the first rehab counsellors to do this. So I've had my own private practice now in Australia for 13 years. Gosh. (laughs) It's kind of gone quick and slow and quick and slow. I'm working on a a presentation with one of my um, team members. We're presenting at the um, Australian Rehabilitation Providers Association next week, and we looked at our combined years of experience (laughs) (laughs) what did that come up to 60 (laughs) I don't know if I can put that on a slide (laughs) yeah you can Um, yeah so we have I I don't have employees everybody is a contractor I do that because I'm I also have a I do a lot of coaching and helping people build successful businesses Um, but my philosophy is very much I want to teach you how to think not teach you what to think. Mm. So I can't have, I, I've tried an employee-based model. It wasn't a good fit for me. Um, okay. 
I, it's just not a not a way of, of working that I found worked for me. But having contractors and creating a culture where everybody feels like they're in a, a part of a team, they're, they're kind of mini businesses inside a bigger business. Mm-hmm. They enjoy entrepreneurship. The There's a name yes. for it. Yes. Entrepreneurship's really cool. It is, and I love it. So that's how um, I can pull out their their strengths. I'm very focused on helping them find the work and the referral sources that they want to do, as opposed because we don't we're not work cover accredited at all. And I've done that very deliberately. Um, mm. So I'm I'm good at finding gaps in the market and creating services to plug those gaps, which is why people seek me out for for coaching. I'm, I'm quite creative around that. Yeah, um, yeah. So a large team, small team? No, we're feeling, well, there's six of us at the moment. Beautiful. So um, plus I have a dedicated practice manager, uh, which is like the lifeblood, um, and then I have a business manager on, on top of that as well. So right. Um, right. given the the couple of the two and a half years of cancer and COVID, um, I needed, I identified that I needed more support around operations and admin because Joe's not good at that. Well, Joe's good at other things. Yes. Joe's really good at other things. And Mm. I think uh, plenty of business owners shouldn't meddle in the operations at times. That is just best left to other other people. So let's take Mm. those two C's perhaps mm-hmm. one and then the other later how mm-hmm. have you, and we haven't spo- like we haven't no. spoken like I, I feel I can pick up the phone to you at any point and we'll have a really good catch-up but we actually haven't spoken for ages yeah, it's been a um, time. for a variety of life-based reasons mm-hmm. um, how has Purple Code traveled through COVID well we I started Purple Code during the global financial crisis oh yeah <laughs> So for, for me, I truly believe, like we hear all these words about recession, it's, like it's, it's, a, it's actually a time when health services can thrive. Uh, but if, you, if, yeah. you haven't, if you haven't experienced the, the unique pressures that come with words like recession or understood that, you know, it's not always going to cost us $8 to buy a head of lettuce, um, there, there are things that we can be doing that now to help future-proof ourselves. Uh, I think one of the things that COVID took, so we'd, we'd been doing online services since 2016. So that, yeah. that wasn't yep. difficult. So you're well-placed for, for that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was more helping the, the clients that we work with understand the value of it and then some of the customers that we work with understand the value of it because we still have this perception that people pay us for that pay period of time and the fact that you're in the room with me. Um which that is old not chestnut. The truth. <laughs> yes, you actually paid for the thirty years of my experience, expertise, mistakes, um, <laughs> opportunities, things, and that all I've done that before. indirect work. Like people used to be really shocked, and I've just about been escorted off stage in years gone by when I've said, "But I do my best work with the clients not in the room." Mm. <laughs> mm. I, I just, I yeah, you know, the room went silent. Memorable yeah. moment. Don't regret yeah. it. No, not at all. But then, so I, and I think that's one of the reasons why we have such great conversations is because we're not, we're not, we're not so attached to that client interaction in that moment. We we actually know that goodness comes from the things that we do before the client comes mm. into the room and once the client leaves the room. And I'm really starting to develop quite a strong rant about that's what yeah. we actually need to yeah. be focused. Where's the on value? It's like yeah. the music is actually the space between the notes. So coming back to your original question. Oh, yeah, what I, was it? 
So <laughs> how have you traveled? Well, yeah. Profitability has increased. Yeah, great. Revenue decreased. But you know, Oof. I I actually had cancer in that time as well. So <laughs> I think I, the fact that I still have a business is pretty outstanding. Mm. Um yeah. So that yep. so COVID, I, I watched a lot of people doing their pivoting and their getting online services and feeling unsafe about that. But what I what I can now see was going on is it was really forcing clinicians and health professionals to acknowledge that they feel vulnerable because mm. they feel uncertain when the client's not in the room. We we are very we want to control. If we get something wrong, there are fairly we can have fairly disastrous consequences. So we like to manage that risk by having the person contained so that we can help manage their emotions or if they fall or manage ourselves. Exactly. Mm. And I think moving to an online format, it makes us, we can't do that just on the spur of the moment, that intuitive stuff that's been ingrained in us. We actually need to be much more intentional about that and, thoughtful about that and I think that that made a lot of us feel or a lot of other health professionals feel quite unsafe yeah 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 Mm. and just somewhat in understandably in unknown territory yeah like where are my tools like you know what tools do I have through the little white light um Mm -hmm. what do people think because I'm am I just as good or am I differently good or yeah am I really kind of failing here in public on record on record Yeah, they can't. They can't see that I'm wearing my um, flip flops or bare feet or slippers. Um, that means I'm not professional. Um, therefore, I'm. Don't start me on clothing and professionalism. <laughs> I did that quite deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I yeah yeah no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that bait. Just I need a moment to breathe through that one. All right, so. Hmm. Interesting, interesting track record about how you thrive in adversity, Hmm. given starting in, um, I always think of it as the KFC, but it was was the GFC, um, such as my upbringing, and then tracking in an ongoing and upwards manner during COVID and and cancer as well. Hmm. Um, Hmm. Where do you want to go with sharing the cancer adventure? I'm I like let's let's just put it into some perspective if that's okay. So in 20 in November of 2019, so ca- if you can cast your mind back to November of 2019, probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. So I I just come back from the USA where I had opened a conference for like 400 mental health professionals. I was I felt like I was on top of my game. Rockstar Joe. Yeah, it's like, woohoo, I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> and then I come home to find out that my husband was diagnosed with a an aggressive cancer on his bladder. That was fairly, Stink. yeah. Yeah, so we spent the, the next part of, like, from November, December through to February getting his treatment. He's okay. We got it mm. out. He went through chemo. Um, he's had multiple checkups because with that level of aggression in the cancer he has six monthly checkups um and they're quite invasive and he's never ever had a problem so that's awesome but then in just the november and december of 2019 in where i live on the east coast of australia we had devastating bushfires Mm. they were horrendous they were frightening now i live in a national park so we basically pack up the car and drive to the coast and wait for it to be over Um, we're safe 
where we are. I just don't like it. I find it terrifying. That's how you manage the risk. That's how I manage the risk. I don't want to be here. But then in February, we had the first lot of devastating floods. So we had communities who had been decimated by bushfires. In parts of our communities, we did not have enough fire fighting resources that communities had to burn. They had to make those decisions. But then we had these floods come through and these people in fire-affected communities living in tents were now being flooded out. Mm. This is February, right? So this has all happened in the space of four months. Our first case of known case of COVID happened on the 25th of January, Mm. 2020. I was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer on the 14th of February, 2020. Mm. Now I have this fantastic slide that actually then takes us through all the other stuff that happened in 2020, including all of the lockdowns that Victorians had to deal with, including how on earth we as business owners made sense of all of the tax options and uh, is it job seeker, job keeper, job benefits and then the medicare rebate for health professional can i get medicare is telehealth a thing is it not a thing is it a thing today is it not a thing tomorrow then the ndis launched Mm. its vision for 2024 and we're all like wait what we have no vision we just have survival right now oh no we have we didn't even have survival then we didn't even know what was coming it was just the what the it was really yes, the what the it, yeah. exactly exactly so it, what we do you have, remember politically joe the mm-hmm. absence of political leadership should mm-hmm. that be a separate conversation mm-hmm. yeah okay have, separate yeah, conversation yeah, we All right. have a, well and i think for health professionals we need to be looking at the political landscape oh totally we, we cannot oh, ignore really. and it's not just because that's where a lot of our funding comes from it's because it affects our communities it and whilst we up. feel we don't have a voice collectively, we do. Let's bring it back to Joe mm-hmm. in February because yeah. the 2020 adventure. <laughs> yeah. So um, as all of our health systems were turning into uh, quarantine zones environments and, yeah. and hazmat suits, I, I couldn't take anybody with me for the mammograms, ultrasounds, biopsies. Um, they they were, we were so scared of this transfer because we didn't know we didn't know what it was. Yeah. I like to say what's a Wuhan as opposed to where's Wuhan because at the time mm. we we're like what the hell is this thing? Mm. So I was isolated. Um, people were scared of me. I was scared of them. Are you going to kill me just by breathing on me, sort of stuff? Um, and then I you know health professionals, God bless them, are looking at you know my scans go and then, you know what? <laughs> Diagnostic technicians are great. Chat 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 chat. Silence. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I'm sitting there going, well, you found something. And I, I'm not allowed to talk to you. I'm not allowed the, to tell the, you. Yeah, the radiographer will meet with you shortly. Yeah. Mm. So getting through all of that and then finding out. So my whole journey, I, en- I ended up having cancers um, bilaterally, which means I had cancers in both breasts. Uh, there were one was, you know, there's different types of cancers, breast cancer, I did not have a very fun time in the beginning mm. navigating mm. the health system. Uh, that's, that is a whole nother conversation. Mm. Um, and I am very strongly opinionated about how we as health professionals need to step yeah. up our game. 
very, uh, I'm sorry, but we really do. Unapologetic, um, Joe. You're unapologetic. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. <laughs> Anywho, so four surgeries in two and a half years, including a, um, an amputation. I prefer to call it an amputation rather than a mastectomy. Yeah, I've observed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, purely because I've worked with amputees and I find their stories and their comparable. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be like them. I don't want to, like the mastectomy thing stopped. It, it lost meaning for me. It was mm-hmm. not something that I could relate to. I had chemotherapy, which is quite often, it, it, that was the most horrible part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Chemo is just awful. Um, I didn't need radiation. I chose to, because uh, I was under 50, which is significant. Um, because if you're not 50 and you have bilateral breast cancer, they think that it's like um, you're very young. So the first thing is you're very young for this. And then the second thing is you're quite complicated, aren't you? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Human. <laughs> Thank <I> you. Mean... <laughs> D- didn't kind of wake up one day and go, could I have cancer in both? Like, I just don't. <laughs> How complicated can I be? <laughs> um, language matters, people. Yeah. So we got through all yeah. of that. I met some fantastic surgeons in the end. Had to fight. There's a lot of fighting that goes on when mm. you're living through breast cancer and breast cancer treatment. Um, and I've only just now, I had my last surgery five weeks ago um, and I don't need any more and I'm very excited about that. And the most empowering conversation was when the reconstructive surgeon said, I don't need to see you anymore. And I looked at him fair in the face and said, I never want to see you as a patient again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm. So my team during that time, Purple Co, because we've been working with post-cancer survivors. We have a fatigue management program that Mm. that we created some time ago um, that that helps post-cancer survivors make incredible shifts and change and and how they want to live their life. So I was kind of aware of what I could expect and how to ask for things. I just didn't expect it to be such a fight. Mm. Having my team around me who they just they just jumped in and did stuff. I had mm. I like you you called me going, what can I do to help? Mm. Do you need me to come and do some coaching for you? I had another um rehabilitation agency here in Sydney go, Joe, do you want me to come and lead your team for you? Do you need me to do some quality mm. assurance? I had somebody who was leaving a full-time job and wasn't feeling good about it. She just came in and managed the business pretty much without any renew- re- being paid yeah, for yeah. three months, just just so I could, you know, get through my really, really big surgery. Um, so people, it just filled me with such incredible joy and hope that we as a collective can do this for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, that people just went, what do you need? How can I help? Not even what do you need? I can offer you this. This yep. is something you're going to need, which is much easier than me sitting there going, I don't even know if I can eat today. Mm. Um, that that was I mean, powerful for me. It's, it reminds me of that um, video of the Boston Marathon mm-hmm. when there's an explosion and this video is now used um, for analysis and study and all sorts of things and there's people who run away and there's people who run towards Mm-hmm. And there's all of the narrative that goes in goes on in everybody's head in terms of whether they're 
their level of comfort and permissions to step forward or mm. to step back. And then it doesn't mean you're in one state or the other. It's just a temporal moment mm. about who comes forward and who waits and who comes forward later and who never comes forward. And that's all part of it as well. Has that been an observation? Absolutely. And, and uh, people with cancer, people don't know what to say. Correct. And they don't know what to do. So I had to very quickly learn, um, and I'm I'm quite self-depreciating as well, is like um, I would say to people, yeah, I'm living with bilateral breast cancer, currently going through chemo, but it's okay, I won't die in front of you today. And your T-shirt. Yeah. Your T-shirt had a bold (laughs) statement on it too. Yes. (laughs) I I, I became quite, quite, um, I guess, I, I... I needed ways of being able to help people because I don't want to have to do it when I'm feeling so rotten and mm. so unwell. I can't be dealing with your emotions and how you're yep. going to deal with yep. me. I'll manage myself first. Yeah. So being able to give people permission to ask questions mm. and, and just being clear about what I was comfortable with, people needed practical ways to help. Mm. So um, have sitting down with my family and going what are some of the things that I usually do around the home that we could we could offer for other people because general people just want to help they, were you they, how did you go asking for help I didn't Ooh, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible okay. at that so people were coming to me all the time quite often and then there's this really cool app called gather my crew yeah yeah and somebody, the beautiful Carolyn, put it together for me. Um, we made my girlfriend in Mildura one of the moderators of that. And basically, <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah, oh, gosh. Well, well we couldn't <laughs> yep. get to each other. So, and she yeah. wanted to help. I mean, she shaved her head when I had to get my head shaved. But it was a great way for her to gather my crew. And then mm. I could just put a list in there of things. That, so there were a couple of times I needed transportation help to appointments, mm. Um uh, my, one beautiful woman traveled for six months. She came to my home. She drove 40 minutes each way, picked up our heavy washing for the week, took it back to her place, did it and brought it back. Angel. I, yeah. And just once you start giving people ideas about what's really meaningful, food was great. Got to understand that I didn't want to eat a lot of the time, but then my husband could eat so that you know, um, mm. law, people came and helped us with our yard. Uh, uh, yeah, it was, it's. Uh, I actually need to go back. I've got, I've got a whole heap of resources that I'm putting together that that will help other people have these conversations. Mm. Um, I've just needed to put some space between me and the immediacy of what was going on, mm. because uh, I want to make sure that I'm serving, not just making it all about look at Joe, look at what Joe went through. Mm. Um, but cancer doesn't just affect the person who's diagnosed. It, it yep. affects you, yep. your, 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 your spouse or your immediate family, um, then your extended family, the people you work with the, my, in my faith-based community. Um, mm. Like pe- People are affected all the time. Um, yeah, and I, I don't mm. think we give enough attention to that. Mm. Yeah. In the allied health business world, it's harder than you think to stay on top of everything you need to do to run a business whilst being fully present for your team and clients. If you struggle with this, you're not alone. Pretty much everybody feels this way. Some days you feel like you're crossing a decent task off just to be reminded that you then have three new tasks to take at their place. The to-do list feels like it never ends. It can be overwhelming doing it all on your own and that is why we took it upon ourselves to reach out to help you out. We have created our monthly masterclasses so that you can join and connect with others, learn bite-sized business skills, and best of all, walk away from our masterclass with tasks ticked off your list. 
we can guarantee that each session will provide you with at the very least five gems that you can take and put into action right there and then. And trust us, as soon as you hop off our short and sweet session, you will want to take immediate action because that is the effect that Kathy Love and these masterclasses have. Each masterclass tackles a topic that has been niggling in the back of your mind and has moved further and further down your list. However, the sooner you nip this in the bud, the sooner you will free up your time and see the results in your business. Ready to nip your business woes in the bud and start taking practical action to maximize your results this year? Join one of our monthly masterclasses today. I don't know what you're going to say to this next question. Oh, okay. You'll just shut me up if you don't like it, so feel free. What do you say, what do you think and say when people say you're such an inspiration? Oh. (laughs) We're both making the same face, listeners. Okay. We're both rolling in our our office chairs. Yeah. Take it on or not? I'll I'll take it on. Uh, I I don't. What am I inspiring (laughs) you to do? What am I inspiring you to do? So early on, because Purple Co is all about helping people, Mm. I thought I could PR myself and help people understand. Is that what you thought? Yeah, I know. Because you know, I can't not work. (laughs) Work is actually work and my skills are a big part of my resilience activation. But yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah. I so I would post on LinkedIn of all places, like this is what I'm doing today, and this is how I'm happening, this is my experience. And people would leave in the comments, you're such an inspiration. I know, I I know they did. I hate I hated it. (laughs) I was just laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing with like wholehearted laughing. Yeah, so like I stopped, good laughing. and I still, I'm still very, I find it very, very difficult to get onto LinkedIn, and I, I I'm now at a space where I can go. Uh, okay, I'm glad that made you feel good in the moment. That's my self talk inside my mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. But the question I want to ask is, what am I inspiring you to do? Yeah. So if I'm going to be an inspiration, and I've had people say that to me before, like you're inspiring. Okay, well, what am I inspiring you to do? Yeah. How is how is my story or how is this story impacting you for good? So it's it's all it's like people who go to things like an Anthony Robbins event <laughs> and they get brouhaha'd in the moment. Yeah, I've smashed feel, the wood. Joe, I've yeah, smashed the wood. I've walked on the coals. Ugh. Yeah, you feel good, but you know what? You have to go back and live your life. Yep, someone's still got to do that laundry, hey? Yeah, it's extra. And nobody turns up to my bedside every morning with a cup of coffee going, here, princess, here's your coffee for the day. Like I'm waiting. Yes. That is the robot I want in my life. Yeah. Um, so if if you want to be inspired, and we've all got great stories, mm. but if you only use those to inspire people, what are you inspiring them to do? Yeah. So that, that forced a lot of introspection with me. Um, and being like, I, I'm a strong leader. I have quite strong leadership capabilities. It's like, well, I want health professionals to be as healthy as they can be, not, you know, continually generating and perpetuating a cycle of burnout, becoming yeah. incredibly good business leaders so that we can raise up generations of health professionals who do not have to keep going through this crap that we've been doing since World War One. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> ranty Joe, um, which means we have to get over ourselves. So if I can inspire you to go, yeah, I lived through COVID. I lived through two cancer diagnoses. I have a more profitable business that it, it, profitability increased, even though revenue decreased. If that inspires you to want to become a better leader, then I feel like, great, that cancer served a purpose. That's yeah. better than people saying, ooh, 
you got a bonus tummy tuck boob job and Botox. <laughs> Please don't say that to me. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Such a silver lining. God. <laughs> Disrespectful laughter on both sides. Yes. Right. Um <laughs> Yes, so there you go, the inspirational thing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I just find it such an interesting one. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. The piece around uh, business owner and personal wellness mm. is uh, we've never really directly spoken about this, but I suspect we could probably run a four-day conference together on this. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I sort of speak with our with our members mm-hmm. and on stage or wherever I happen to be rabbiting on, people are a little aghast that I have um, such a rigorous health routine. Mm-hmm. And I think people sit and listen and think, "Oh my gosh, that's so self indulgent." And I don't know, they I don't know what words they think. I just mm-hmm. don't have time to figure that stuff out. But in fact, it's critical for. For me to serve others, I've got to serve myself. I can't show up and do what I do in coaching allied health business owners anything less than 95%, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that is TCM, you know, mm-hmm. appointments in a couple of hours, if that's massage, if that's mentors, if this is energy coaches, psychologists, mm-hmm. what I, I just don't mm-hmm. want to rattle them all off because people will just be so alarmed at high maintenance I am. I am. But that's what it takes at times in various dosages Hmm. be your best self or to be my best self as well yet getting this message across to please pick one thing and look after yourself Hmm. it just um yeah it's going to be I suspect our life's work I I agree and the cancer COVID situation gave me an opportunity to watch you all uh, <laughs> I, I had the opportunity oh, yeah. to watch all the people on social media or conferences in conversation with each other. And I, the way I want to speak into that is we actually need to be fit for purpose. Correct. Yeah. Right. So you don't ask a shovel to do the work of a jackhammer. You don't use a sh- If you're trying to dig a hole, you don't want your shovel caked in cement. Or blunt or old or rusty or broken or splintering your hands or any of that. So the tools of our trade are our brains, Mm. our ability to think, our ability to problem solve, our ability to turn up and be present. It's a lot of executive functioning, a lot of it. Okay, I don't care how good you are at designing things. If you can't use the matter inside your head, it is useless. Mm. On top of that, we need to be experts in our own emotional regulation and we need to be experts in helping other people manage their own emotions. So if we are not looking after ourselves physically, that can't happen. If we're not looking after ourselves emotionally, that can't happen. If we ignore the financial consequences of that, we can't look after ourselves physically and emotionally because we're constantly in our amygdala freaking out about the fact yep. that we don't have enough money. Sorry, I get really ranty about this because yeah, we it's preach that reptile this brain. I know, yeah, yeah I know. We get and preachy about this because yeah. we, people, they've, this is the thing I observed. Health professionals, what you say in session is useless unless you are living it because your people are watching you mm. 
mm-hmm. when you're not in the room. Yep. So if you turn up with big black bags under your eyes constantly, session after session after session, or you're yawning in session after session after session, or you're constantly drinking Coke before session, or, you know, you, you're just not your best self, you're forgetting a client's name, don't do that. You haven't read your notes before you go into a session because you're so busy going back to back to back to back to back because you've got to spill all the money because you haven't got enough money to put food on the table. You, what message are you giving your people? And by people, you're meaning suppliers. No, suppliers. I, no, I think it's bigger yeah, than this. Bigger I think than, it's suppliers, yeah. team, family, siblings, mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. clients as clients as well. Clients as well. I think there's a. I totally concur. There's another layer to this, in that if someone then observes and says you look such and such, you deny it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm one very my, good at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one, I just haven't put any makeup on today. Yeah. And so I was called on this very, re- very recently. Um, uh, someone said, you look exhausted. And I denied and he just looked and I said, You're correct, I am. Hmm. Correct, I am. And this was in a professional environment. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, just this commitment to um, commitment to state. commitment to state so one of the most uncomfortable but best things I could have done this year I I have a mastermind community we are the daring dozen and this year we are going to have a symposium where we're all going to be um, speaking on a topic about future proofing because I'm really Mm. big into this fit for purpose future proofing Mm. how can we add to the generations coming through and I wanted to run this in June because you know this, third, this last surgery was supposed to be easy um, and you'll be fine in a couple of days. Surgeons rarely know. Yeah, they probably the, haven't had too much of this stuff done to them. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah. So, but what, what, because I was so unwell this last surgery, and I think it was just my body going, if we're going to keep doing this, I'm going to make your recovery time longer and longer. But I went to this community, I went to this, and I said, I have to push this back until September because I cannot make this happen for Mm. you. Every single person thanked me for being the leader and for walking my talk. Yeah. Now, Mm. I agonised over that for a week going, I'm letting everyone down. They've all put in so much work. I've had to herd the cats to get this all to happen. Um, but I just, I'm just not going to be able to turn up every day for 14 days to make this thing happen. Um, and I don't want to, yeah. So I took control and took control of myself and they thanked me. Yeah, this is what we call uh, above the line thinking and, and real mm-hmm. ownership. This is CEO thinking, calling it mm-hmm. as it is. And, um, you know, Every bad decision started out as a good one. So to pick up when it's when it's turning is yeah. is is a skill. Is a skill. Mm. Is a mm. skill. But I think that's a really I, and I share that because a lot of us who are, are clinicians now, business owners, we still come from this place of I've got to serve at all costs, and we mm. take that thinking to our staff and to our suppliers, mm. and we really do learn to put ourselves last. But no. Um, but when your team see you going, we are stopping this now because it's not serving us or we don't carry on like this around here or they terminate the person who is a problem in the workplace rather than just letting the behaviour ongoing, 
the, the, you've got to think about the implications of not making a decision or not being the leader and what yep. that's actually having on the rest of your business. Because yeah. you can kill your culture by letting the wrong person stay employed with you. I've done it. I've done it. Yeah. Same, same, same. Last night I ran a, a master mm-hmm. masterclass on how yep. to navigate difficult conversations. And one of the um, topics towards the end is exactly what you speak to, the cost of inaction. Mm. And you get what you tolerate, which may be Tony Robbins, but we'll thank you for that later. You get what you tolerate. And while you're tolerating, you're being observed. Mm-hmm. Your family and your team and your clients are observing your tolerance to behaviours that you may not know how to change or stop or you may not want to or you may be hoping that they go away and so on and so forth. Meanwhile, your your tolerance is being observed. Mm-hmm. And the longer it goes on for, the harder and more complex it is usually to take that corrective action. action oh, on. absolutely. If you tolerate something, because <laughs> then other people start adopting mm. the same behaviors and then all of a sudden you've got people who think that it's okay to not turn up for sessions or I'm gonna take six weeks and you'll leave tomorrow and not give you any notice or yep, I'm not gonna keep my paid leave. Yeah yep. my, my notes aren't up to date. Sorry, can't remember what I said. Yeah. Um and don't do it don't, again. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that's our community holds us as health professionals to a much higher standard. Right. We are expected to know how to navigate. The, I know we never navigated COVID, but none of us have lived through a, a pandemic before. Right. But we were held to a higher standard. People expected yep. us to know what to do. And the way they expected to know what to do was we showed them by what we were doing. Back to your comment. Like we've got 10 minutes left and we okay. did we even have questions that we were going to no. talk about? No, good. It's yeah. it's just free range, beautiful. Um Oh, where was I going? Back to your interesting, interesting comment about you observed <laughs> the industry in COVID. What, what perhaps top three observations did you make? Mm, okay. Be honest, Joe. <laughs> I expect nothing less. <laughs> ah, when, when clients or patients of healthcare services, regardless of what they are, enter a healthcare service, they expect to be cared for. Mm. The absence of disease, you cutting a cancer out of me does not make me feel cared for. So all the stuff that happened, and I'm not just talking about hospitals because I see this in allied health practices all Mm. the time. You've had so many people coming into your services. You have many, many people have started businesses in the last few years where there has been such demand. They have not had to learn how to market other than here I am, I'm open. And I'm trying not to be simplistic here, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have low, what I call stick rate. So you have lots of people booking in for appointments, but they never turn up or they come for two appointments and they don't come back again. And that makes your cash flow really lumpy. And then you get frustrated and pissed off and start blaming everybody else for the situation. Mm. When what's actually going on here, people, is you're not caring for your people as they enter your service, through the duration of your service provision, and as they exit your service. Now, I am not telling you to provide services for free. Mm. It's called customer service and health professionals have a responsibility to provide customer service okay 
So that's my first one. And that is mm. that mm, customer service. Customer service. Okay. The number second, two, observation. Number two, observation. We do not have the talent in Australia to meet demand. We need to get smarter about how we want to help people. And I do not believe that it's all tech-based. Mm. All right. So okay. we have lots of opportunities to leverage ourselves. You just need to get smarter about how you do that. It will actually yep. save you money, make you more money, and get yep. more people the services that you Oh, need. innovation with a capital I. Yeah, and it's not all tech. <laughs> I just yeah. want to say that. Not, not it's the answer is not yeah, all interesting. In innovation. Tech. A lot of people think it's it's apps and platforms and blah, blah, mm. blah, but it's yeah, it's not. It's not it's really, yeah, really I agree. Not. I've observed a ton of innovation. Yep. And the Service third and thing team and yep, sorry, Joe, number three. Sorry. Number three is health professionals are not seeing the need to change until they're so exhausted that they can't get out of bed, which is the wrong time to be coming to people like Kathy and Joe saying, Can you help me develop an alternative oh. stream of income? Yep. So yeah. you actually need time, energy, and money to innovate. Now I'm not if, if you if you're feeling totally burnt out, please come and ask for help because you're not going to recover yourself on your own, right? You don't just wait, mm. it's not a wait and see game. Burnout is not a wait and see game. Okay. It's Nor is like it an it might feel like it's overnight, but it actually has oh, no. track of years. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a syndrome. It's a continuum. it is a syndrome. And when yep. I when I've researched my, my book, mm. The Entrepreneurial Clinician, people were telling me that they knew that they had started this burnout. Three years burning. Previous. We've got to change the name of it. Burning out. It, yep. They can. They recognize usually three years in the past. Correct. Yep. Right. So, yep. it's it's <laughs> so it, it's never too soon is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Regardless of how long you've been in practice, to start thinking about how am I going to be fit for purpose in the next five years, in the next ten years, in the next twenty years? What legacy do I want to leave? <laughs> How am I going to support myself into my retirement? Um, because the only people who are responsible for that are us. We have yep. all learnt that if we wait for government to make decisions on our behalf, they won't make the decisions we want them to make. Mm, yep. Nor is ignorance a defence. No. Nor can you sit <laughs> there and say, I wasn't taught that at uni. No one told me. The bookkeeper didn't say. You know, you have a legal responsibility as the director of a company. Uh, yes. There's things called <laughs> compliance and you've yeah. got to have your financial ducks at least starting to line up. Yeah. Um, well, a big part of the burnout syndrome is if it's your perception around money. If you do, because we live in a society where we exchange money for goods and services, right? Uh, that's That's the way we live here. You can't ignore that. But if you don't have your finances sorted out and you're constantly stressed out about your finances. The next salary cycle. Yeah. Exactly. So how you're not going to get your energy replenished. You're not going to feel mm. fulfilled about the work that you're doing if you're always worried about, do I make payroll this week? And when I start working with, with um, clients around this, mm. it it often isn't as complicated mm. to A, understand or be correct as perhaps business owners think. And it, it goes back to this fear being larger in your imagination than in reality. And yeah. when you start to unpack it, there's really concrete steps yeah. that often have a really natural order to them as well in terms of how to analyse and start to correct financial 
position mm. as well. And if we think about the economic times ahead of us and potential likely recession, um, you know, now is when you you just step up with your financial governance. Um, you don't have and to go understand? straight to an MBA here. In fact, that's no, totally unhelpful. Please don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, that's an expensive always, waste of time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but that's sometimes where business allied health business owners think they need to do more study and mm-hmm. do more study. You mm-hmm. often have to do less study and different learning, um, yeah. particularly around finances and systems and customer service and all those yeah. other all those other um, pieces that go into running a, an allied health business. And it's understanding that uh, for me that the biggest, because I came from an environment, where I grew up in a family where we, I was led to believe we lived in the edge of bankruptcy every day. So I was expensive. Whenever I wanted something, it was a problem. I went out to work when I was 14 because then I could have some money and stopped having to have those conversations in my head. So you can imagine the sort of garbage going on in my head. Mm. When this this shifted for me was understanding that money is actually a resource that helps my business to run. Yep. So Form without it, I don't have I don't have a business. Mm. So it it just it, it takes some work. You've got to get rid of some yeah. of that emotional attachment to it. But that's why people like you and I exist, because that's one of the first things we need to do. It's like um, we we actually need to let go of some of this stuff, and I've got some cool ways to help you do that. Yeah, and that. That surprise that uh, once it's unpacked and explained differently and you have visibility of um, how to improve the situation, that there's then some surprise of, oh, is that all? Oh, I Mm. knew I needed to do that. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that feels so achievable. Yeah. And And I think, too, because we've had so much what I call rah-rah in our faces, like, you know, make your first million dollars in the next 10 days, like that sort of thing. Did People you do are that, going, Well, I haven't been able to, but I want it in a <laughs> bottle now. I don't want to wait 10 days. I want the yeah, bottle. I just want to so, dab it on, dab yeah, it on in the morning. Perfume. That's yeah. right. But people don't understand the power of those 1% increments. And that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've got this, this vision that you want to buy a property in Sydney and have your own, that, that, and you haven't got a deposit to start with, that feels insurmountable. I have a 22-year-old son trying to make that happen. Mm-hmm. But if you start compounding the efforts of a 1% doing something every day, then all of a sudden you arrive there and you go, huh, didn't even feel it. <laughs> like, that wasn't so bad. Have you read Atomic Habits? Yeah, okay. that, and that's I how gonna I going to post you the book. I was yeah, post Atomic book. Habits, what's the other one, Essentialism. Um, there's, there's quite a few authors who have written about this, this topic. Um, compounding, literally compounding. Yeah, just doing 1%. So yeah. for, it's just like, you know, I've got to get back into my physical health and my physical strength. I can't go back to running for three hours, you know, doing trail running for three hours. I've pretty much done nothing but recover from surgery for two and a half years. Mm. So how about I start walking three times a week for half an hour with my puppy? Now, I want to be the person who's running, but I just know that that's that's stupid. Like that's just foolishness. Yep. (laughs) Down the track, literally down the track. mm -hmm. Hmm. There we go. Opinionated Joe meeting opinionated Kathy. Yeah, well, this is just light. This is just, yeah, this isn't even a pre-dinner drink, folks. We've uh, we've really reined it in for the audience. We have. We have. All righty, you can cool. have the talking stick for the last minute or so. What do you want to leave us thinking about? I want people listening to this um, today, I want you to spend some time 
thinking about how much prescription you are craving in your world. So you might go to Kathy because you want to be told what to do. I know people come to me all the time going, just give me the steps. Give me the steps. I want the steps. Now, as health professionals, you've been taught to do that. It's great. It's useful as a health professional. As a business owner, it is not serving you. What you want are, are people in your world who teach you how to think. You want to move away from prescription to principles. So you want to know how to make a decision. When do I bring on another staff member? Not, Kathy, do I bring on another staff member? Please give me the checklist of all the things that I need. Tell me how I employ the next person. Yeah. 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 When do I when do I know? How do I know? How do I need a bigger space now? If you work with somebody, find a coach or a mentor or whatever label you want to put on it, somebody who will teach you how to think. Because the coaching industry gets a bad rap for saying that we force people to become codependent on us. Oh, <laughs> you can't just drop that one now. Yeah, but we, but the ones that are genuinely coaching and not just giving advice that they've done for 20 seconds, sorry. <laughs> Coaches who coach will teach you how to think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, you gave me the talking stick. I know. I'm not regretting it because you're spot on and I agree. And there's this whole thing about ego sitting behind as well and needing to be needed. Um, That's that's for next time. But I don't need you to need me because then we are not adding to the body of knowledge. Exactly right. I don't need you to be my client forever because you should outgrow me. Yep. If I'm doing my job properly, you should be outgrowing me. Okay. Uh, now I'm not, I've worked with people for five or six years. That's okay. They haven't outgrown me yet because I continue to grow. But if you are in a community where you are just looking for the next cheat sheet, sweethearts, please ask a different question. Yeah. Quality of questions. Yep. Yep. Oh gosh. Well, that two years went quick. <laughs> All righty. There's a mojito in our future, I'm sure. Absolutely. I've got to get to Melbourne before you all shut yourselves down again. Oh, please, no, no, no. Trigger alert, trigger alert. I'm sorry. I might just, yeah, get to Sydney first. Oh, um, that would that would work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were, yeah, we were due to come up, but we, we cancelled um, for a range of reasons. So I'll let you know when I'm in town. I'm looking forward to it, Kathy. Thank Alrighty. you. Thanks, Joe, so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.